Get your Bible out and turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. If you have a smartphone, turn on your Bible and go to Matthew 6. And we'll start in verse 9. Father, we thank you for your word, the power of it, the authority of it. Now, let it come into our lives, deep into our psyche, into our emotions, into our will, and help us to surrender to you as it transforms us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, We took a little longer in the service today for uh, God to just kind of do what he wanted to do, so I'm going to I'm going to try to squeeze this down into some really understandable ideas. We're starting in 21 days of prayer, and I want to coach you on what that means. 21 days of prayer is about getting our focus right as we launch into all that God wants us to do. 21 days of prayer is about fixing our attention on what God might want to do in your family, in people's lives who are around you, in, um, in your workplace. It's, it, it's about taking time to really pray and to begin to focus our attention on the desires that God has for us, for our church, for our city. We're not just praying for ourselves. We are praying for our city and what God's trying to accomplish in our city. We're praying for our nation and the fact that we're in in some trouble in more ways than you can count. And we need the only answer, the only solution really is going to come from God and from him working in people's lives. And so I, I want you to seek God with me for 21 days. And, and let's let him remind us of who we are and where we're going and, and what he wants to accomplish in us. But as we launch this 21 days of prayer, I was thinking about this term that is in football that happens at the end of a game. And it's when you're down, last minute, and you're trying to figure out how you can score a touchdown and win the game. And as you think about what that is, that term that's called a Hail Mary. A Hail Mary pass. I think I got nothing else to do. We're going to have to try a Hail Mary. Comes from a Catholic background about a prayer to Mary to help him. Right? But it's really, the idea is in football, it's there is essentially no chance that this is going to happen. And uh, there's, there, there's going to be practically impossible for us to win this game. And so we might as well throw up a prayer. And it occurred to me that we often think of prayer like that. That sometimes we don't even think about prayer until we're in a crisis. That we don't think about prayer till it's like we're, our backs are against the wall and we've tried everything else and then suddenly it's like, well, I guess I might as well try a prayer. <laughs> you lob one up and hope he catches it. I wonder, I wonder if you could change, we could change our paradigm about prayer and we could think about its integration into our lives in a way that would help us pray during these 21 days. You know, it takes three, three weeks to make a habit. That's what the experts say. If you could make a habit of praying over these next 21 days, that little text coming to your phone at 6 a.m. See how I did that right there? Yeah. So, so being, able to, being able to make a habit out of prayer This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6 when he was trying to teach his disciples to pray. He said, this then is how you should pray in verse 9. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know what he was doing right there? He was defining the relationship. He was defining who he is to us. 
that he is our father, that he's not some slave driver, that he actually is a loving heavenly father that wants to give us everything. Last week when I was dropping off Zachary to school, I, we were trying to fix up his room and, and he had all this stuff and all these things that he needed and I didn't realize he needed so much. <laughs> but we got there and I just wanted to keep giving him stuff. I wanted to keep buying him stuff. And finally I said, that's all I can buy. You got to buy the rest. <laughs> But I, my father's heart wanted, it, wanted to give him all the stuff. I wanted him to start off right. And so he, he, here, here he defines the relationship. He says, when you pray, say, our father, hallowed be your name, which means respect him, revere him, honor him. And then he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you take your pen and just underline that phrase right there? Because this is the pivot point of the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wait, whose will is supposed to be done? Not yours, right? We're praying for his will. We're praying for him to accomplish what he wants in us. We're asking for his kingdom to come. We want, us to, want him to give us daily bread. He says, give us today your, our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And this means, this means you're going to run into problems with people. You're going to run into issues. There's going to be relational tension from time to time just because we live in an imperfect world. And so you're going to have to forgive and you're going to have to be forgiven and Jesus includes this in the prayer because he's including the full spectrum. He knows you're going to be in need and you're going to want to pray for monthly bread. He's not going to give you monthly bread. He's going to give you daily bread. He's going to try to focus your attention to rely on him daily. And as we pray, we forgive and we forgive others who've hurt us and and we receive forgiveness from him. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation. Help us, Lord, with temptation. Help us, Lord. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. You know, prayer is really about two ideas. It's about communion with God. And that's what we see in this outline. It's about communing with God. And it's also about confrontation. Confrontation with a couple of entities. If you think about it being communion, prayer includes communion with God and confrontation with the enemy. And sometimes that enemy is your own flesh. Sometimes it's a spiritual uh, thing, but often it's your flesh. It's so funny to me how people often want to call out the devil on every problem they have. You know, the devil's just fighting me on my finances. But it's really the fact that they haven't been a good steward of their finances. It's really their desire for stuff that's caused them to run up the credit card that has the people calling them. Right? Now, no guilt. <laughs> no guilt. Just repent, turn to God, and he'll help you. It's true. That's really true. But, the, but don't, look, don't blame the devil and say, you know, the, the devil did that to me. See, we try to cast, it's, an old preacher told me this one time, he said, it's really hard to cast you out of you. So we're, but we're facing entities that want to resist the will of God and the purpose of God. And so when we, when we think about communion, we're loving God, we're worshiping God, we have adoration, we have agreement, we surrender to him, and then we have this confrontation, which is resisting temptation. It's, it's um, taking authority. 
in our lives. It's, uh, it's rejecting the arguments that start stacking up in our minds and the ways of the world. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, here's what it says. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument. We demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, everybody say captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. One of the secrets to taking every thought captive is a vibrant and strong prayer life. Because when those thoughts come in, you begin to take them and you force them into obedience to Christ. You take those very thoughts of fear and anxiety and you turn them around not to just run you ragged and tire you out and overwhelm you in your mind, but to say, God, I know that you know what's going on and I am worried. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know you know and I ask you to come and take a hold of me and lead me. Give me courage. Give me wisdom. Help me to handle this, this fearful situation that I'm heading into. Lord, I can only rely on you. It's amazing. Once you do that and you go far enough into that, you start working yourself up into something. What is that? I want to explain that to you. What happens in prayer is prayer changes our perspective. It totally changes the way we think about stuff. If you get up every morning and you begin to pray, you will think about your day differently than if you just roll out of bed, put some product in your hair, and go straight to work. If you go to bed at night and pray and read your Bible before you go to bed, you will sleep differently than if you just watch an R-rated movie with blood and guts strewn everywhere. It's just different. It will affect you differently. Prayer changes changes your perspective. We live in two worlds that are connected. We live in the spiritual realm and we live in a physical realm. And what we're trying to do, what, what God wants prayer to do is prayer takes us out of the realm of what we can do and into the realm of what God can do. Prayer takes us out of the realm of, of sort of our own way of handling whatever we're facing or, or dealing with whatever we've got going on and it takes us into the realm of what God thinks and what he wants. Think about that. Listen, here's, what I, here's the idea I want you to get today, all right? When you pray, when you enter into a time of prayer, when you enter into a conversation with God, here's what happens. Prayer begins to stimulate Holy Spirit activity. Prayer begins to stimulate the Holy Spirit's activity. And whatever's going on in your life, the Holy Spirit begins to wind his way around it. Oh yeah, I know, we, we pray and we want it fixed like that, but that, that doesn't happen often because God has another plan in mind and that is he wants to work perseverance and strength and energy into you. But the, make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is working. And as he begins to work, something happens to us. There are many examples of this in scripture. I'm gonna read you one. If you look at Acts chapter four, if you want to go there with me, you can. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. This is Peter and John, and they'd been, they, they'd been in a, on, a, on this crazy experience of healing a guy who was at the temple. And he, he was running around. He was laying there for 
30 years and suddenly he's up and he's around and it causes everybody to get kind of uh, upset about the process. And here it is. It says, it says in verse 23, it says, on their release from prison, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So they're being persecuted and they, they finally released from prison and they, they get together with their friends and they, and they lift their voices together to God and they say, Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And you said, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Hey, pause, pause. Do you think God knew about any of that? Yeah. But something is happening as they gather together and go through this and begin to say it and begin to articulate it and begin to articulate the story. Now, Lord, verse 29, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know what's amazing to me? They didn't pray for the persecution to stop. Sometimes we just want to beg God to make stuff stop. When what he wants to do is build us up from the inside through his spirit and make us strong enough to be able to navigate anything the devil can throw at us. That's what he's doing to these people. Look what he, look, look, they said. Stretch out your hands to you and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They prayed and the word of God came into them. They prayed and the Holy Spirit began to empower them. They prayed and something different happened to them. Man, I want that. How about you? Sign me up for some of that. So many Christians don't even believe that there's power there anymore. So how do you do this? How do you stimulate the Holy Spirit activity? Well, go to, over to Ephesians. Go over to Ephesians. And I'm gonna, I want you to see this, this passage right here. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And this is the prayer of the Apostle Paul. The prayer of the Apostle Paul. He says in verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I love this prayer. You know you can use this prayer as you're walking. As you're prayer walking through Westlake or through your neighborhood. I'm going to talk about that in just a second, why that's so powerful. But he says, I want to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know what? One, one translation said, I want to give you the ability to be wise and I want to give you the ability to see things you've never seen before. Sometimes you don't even know what to pray and you know who gives you the ability to see things you've never seen before and to pray those things? The Holy Spirit. 
You ask the Holy Spirit to come and to begin to work in your life. You surrender to him. This is what the Apostle Paul's talking about. He's talking about letting wisdom and revelation come into us so that we can know him better. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that light will flood your life in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power. Incomparably great. Fun word to know and say. Say it with me. Incomparably great power. For those of us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, every name that can be named across the earth, not only in the present age, but in the one that is to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness. Everybody say fullness. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the person we're praying to. (laughs) The one who has everything under his feet and under his power. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that doesn't seem like I watched the news last night. Everything doesn't seem to be under his power. You'd be right. What the Apostle Paul here is describing what is happened and what is going to happen. He's describing the great in-between where we are. That there is something that has happened at the cross of Jesus Christ when Christ died for us and paid the penalty for our sin that he took authority over everything in the earth his name is above every name his authority is above every other person he has the power all the power that he needs to deal with any issue anything that comes up anything that's going on in the earth in fact earlier it talks about the purpose and plans of God you know what I <laughs> I start talking more about the purpose of God being accomplished rather than his plans because plans make people confused you ever go through something very difficult in your life you go through a tragedy or something that just doesn't seem like it could be God right and then you end up at the end of that as God's grace comes on you, as he, as, you end, as, as, he, as he shows himself and reveals himself through the process, you're like, wow, God, you were in that. How did you get in that? Did you, did you cause that? The answer, I think, is no. I think God's purposes stand firm and he can do it with any kind of plans that come his way. He can use any and every kind of thing that goes on in the earth to direct the affairs of men. Even The Bible even says, even the wicked for the day of disaster. He knows how to to manipulate the process with his people surrendering to him. Now, if you reject him, if you push him away, right? It's one thing he cannot, will not do. He won't violate your will. He won't violate you. He won't force himself on you. But even that, he might be able to use in someone else's life for his own purpose. That's why some of you are believers today because you came from terrible families and you had the opposite. 
You had the opposite experience and you've decided your family's not going to be like the one you came from and Jesus used even the horrible situation and dysfunctional uh, dynamics of your family to make you into a different family, to start again and for him to give you a new start. That's God using whatever he can, whatever he wants to. I like to say it this way. He uses, he has an infinite number of options for every decision that you make. And if you, if you do that times seven billion, that shows you how big God's job is. An infinite number of options to every decision that every person makes. And so this is important when we start praying for people because we, we're, we're talking about praying in our communities. And we're talking about how, how Jesus has instructed his disciples and, and we're talking about um, Paul, the apostle, describing the authority that Jesus has and we want to pray in that authority. We want to pray in his in the way that he has instructed us to pray. And, and sometimes that's very difficult. So if we, look, if we look at this and we look, you know, here's some puffy clouds. Beautiful. I need to put this in the blue sky. Here we got you. Do you think he's grumpy today? Happy. All right. Some, maybe, maybe one of you others, and he's grumpy. Those are eyebrows. <laughs> and then you got, you know, you got houses here, you know, you're living in your neighborhood or, you know, we got, ooh, that, is that awesome or what? Do I, I have a gift, I think, I really do. I, th- I think I do. See, and we're talking about, talking about prayer walking. Some of you have asked me, well, why are we prayer walking Westlake? Well, listen, the truth is, um, I, The truth is, when we came here eight months ago, I felt like that we prayed, we did our best to figure out, God, what do you want from us? And so we moved here. But as we look at the map, we've looked at the map of who attends. Most of the people who attend this church don't don't live in Westlake. There's maybe several reasons for that, I don't know. But we have to crack the code for Westlake. And so I wanted to put Westlake on the map and let's pray blessing on this community. This community has a rich history in Austin. And so I want, I want, us, to, I want us to begin to walk the streets of this little community and I want us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Why do we pray that God's will needs to be done on earth? Because it's not. And as, as it, since it's not done, what we're doing is we're bringing heaven to earth. That's, that's what the Apostle Paul's talking about right here. We're bringing the authority of heaven into the earth. And, the, and, and really the only way that you can do that, the only way you can really do that is if you'll be united with Christ. Our authority in prayer comes only from being united with Christ. We must unite ourselves with his humility, with his purpose, and his death, and his life. See, here's the deal. In order to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, you've got to give up all your will. You're not praying for your will to come. I know you've got some good ideas. You've got some good ideas about how God could touch Westlake, but that's not really what we're interested in. What we're interested in is God's ideas. 
I mean, it could be that Westlake's full of Christians, and I think there are uh, uh, several of them there, and they already go to other churches. They don't need to come to our church. So you know what we need to do? We need to walk by their house and pray a blessing on them and ask God to fill them with boldness and courage to continue to speak to their neighbors. Ask God to do what only he can do with them. Help them not to be consumed in their work and their, you know, their career and, and their school and all those. Help them to see who Jesus really is. And you're walking by, you're walking by this house and, you're, and you're, 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 you're praying, heaven come to earth. And all prayer walking is, is praying on sight with insight. It's praying on, as you're walking this earth, you're looking at things and they're stimulating you. The Holy Spirit is beginning to activate. As you pray, the Holy Spirit's active. That's what we just talked about. And as he begins to activate your prayers, you begin to see things. You, you, you go by a house and there's toys in the driveway and you say, Lord, touch those kids. Minister to those kids. Protect them from all the outside enemies and the schemes of the enemy and help them be strong as they grow up and help them to see you and hear your voice. Let them be sensitive to your spirit. You begin to pray those prayers over kids. You bypass a business and you say, Lord, bless this business and, and let it be productive, not so that the owners can get all kinds of money, but so that you, this community can be served and needs can be met. Father, show yourself to that business owner. Give him grace in what he's doing. Help him to see the right way that you want him to live. See, you, you, you wouldn't pray for that guy. You wouldn't pray for those people if you weren't walking the streets if you weren't putting your feet down in the neighborhood. Now, do I want you to do it in your neighborhood? Yes. Actually, if you take out your little worship guide and you look at this, look at this. You, you, you can see, there's, everybody do that right now. Just take out, take out this little thing and you can look at, inside your worship guide is a map. I want you to see that. And it's already drawn up for your part of praying over this area. And all you have to do to respond and say, okay, Pastor Ross, I'll do it. I will text OC Walk and my name and see the map number up in the right-hand corner. See that? You, all you have to do is text that, OC Walk and your name and the map number, and we'll know that that's part of the street's been covered. Now listen, some of you are like, well, I don't know, I don't have time to do this. I don't, I, I'm so busy in my life. So Listen, I understand, but there is something supernatural that happens when you decide you're going to engage in prayer for someone else that you don't even know. There are seeds, are you guys listening to me? There are seeds, I know you were looking at your maps, and so you, you were like all looking like down like this, and I just needed you to hear this. There are seeds that need to be planted by you into another community for God to then show himself and reveal himself to you. There's something about you uniting yourself with Christ and serving another that God will begin to work in you. So, Here's the big question. So, so, so that's how you do that, and I want you to think about doing that. I want, you to, I want, you to, I want us to cover this 21 days, and let's, let's see if we can't crack the code. Here's what occurred to me. You know, it's not like Westlake needs a lot of outreach. You don't, you don't, they don't need any sandwiches. 
right? Like it's, it's hard to figure out exactly what we should be doing, but I, but I believe God has a plan and a purpose. And prayer is the first step towards discovering that purpose, right? I, we, it, it includes other things. It includes serving. It includes laying our lives down. It inc- includes taking care of people. It includes all that stuff, but it starts with prayer. And so you can see the coaching on the back of this page. Turn that over. You can see all that coaching. Don't walk on their personal property. Be respectful. Go, hey, hey go two by two, right? You're, whenever you're praying and you're walking, you can't close your eyes. I mean, if you can, but then something bad happens. But if, you, if you're prayer walking and you're, and you're going along and, and you have another person there and you're walking and just kind of praying back and forth out loud, then it looks like you're having a conversation. Nobody thinks you're weird stalking their neighborhood. <laughs> but if you're walking by yourself and just talking to yourself, they're going to call the cops on you. So what I'm saying is you got to be aware because there's something, hey, there's something mysterious happening here. There's something supernatural that we're talking about. We're talking about heaven coming to earth. We're talking about hidden things and engaging in those hidden things. So go two by two and act like you're talking to each other and no one will call the cops. And so, so, so when you pray, you start increasing Holy Spirit activity, not only in you, but all around I do have a fundamental belief that atmosphere is changed when people pray. Now, here's the thing. Um, certain atmospheres, right, you, know, you see them, they're either dark or light. You go down to Friday night on the 6th Avenue, 6th Street, not 6th Avenue, 6th Street, and you, and you can see it down there, right? It's just full of the light and love of Jesus. No, there's a bunch, of, a bunch of darkness going on. People getting drunk and doing crazy things with their bodies and just giving into their own lusts and their, their own appetites. There is a small group that goes down there every Friday night and prays. And they try to confront some of that stuff, which is awesome. But that's a totally different environment and atmosphere than what we have experienced here with all these people coming into one room and worshiping God and loving him and giving him permission to do whatever he wants in their lives. It's a totally different atmosphere. What's the difference? I think it's the Holy Spirit that's active as we begin to pray. So I want more of that. We want more of that in our city. We want more of that in our neighborhoods. We want more prayer in more places. And and really, if you think about it, prayer is this conversation you can have all day long, every day. It just, you kind of go back and forth into it as the Holy Spirit begins to show you stuff. Now, one last thing. Can Can you stay till I show you this last thing? Are you sure? Okay. No promises, I heard somebody say. I make no guarantees. All right. Let's, do, let's look. Uh, we just looked at all the authority that Jesus has. Look at verse 6. In chapter 2 in Ephesians. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. The purpose 
of what Christ does in us and us uniting with him is people seeing his kindness, us experiencing his kindness and then being able to show it and make a show of it. But he does something here. He says, so in the first chapter, he says, Christ is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. So we look up here. Here's heaven. All right, big fat chair. Look, look at that. It's nice. I I told you, I have a gift. And so God the Father is there and he's sitting on his throne above the earth and he has Jesus to his, wait, is that right? Yeah, Jesus to his right, sitting at the right hand of the Father and and Jesus is making intercession and and he's put all things under his feet. It doesn't matter. There's something that's coming. The the, the restoration of all things is coming. Revelation 21 talks about it, how heaven and earth are going to be joined. What we're doing here is we're bringing heaven to earth because that's ultimately what's going to happen anyway. And we're preparing for it. There's a lot of pictures in, in, in Christians' minds, a lot of pictures that say that heaven's just this happy place. You ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Pilgrim's Progress. Oh man, we got to read some classics around here. It's John Bunyan. He writes it, and it's incredible the journey of the Christian, of Christian, and he, he goes to this on this journey. But the end of the book is like, oh, I made it to heaven. Woo! That's not the heaven that Paul talks about in Ephesians, nor anywhere in his writings. The heaven that Paul talks about is the heaven that's coming. The rule that is going to be established with Jesus because he holds all of it. And while the, the, the prince of the power of the air is still here. In fact, if you look up here in, in chapter 1, you can see that that's, he's listed there. That there's the, the, the prince of the power of the air. He's still on the loose. But Jesus has authority. And what Jesus is trying to do is unite himself with you. You unite yourself with him and you begin to pray with his authority. But you have to figure this out. You have to pray from heaven, not from earth. You have to pray with thinking about what, what God wants in heaven, not about what's going on down here on earth. So many prayers are begging God. Oh God, we're in so much trouble. Don't you know what the Democrats are doing? Don't you know what the Republicans are doing? It's, they're so awful. Listen, there is no solution but God's solution for mankind. And what we're talking about is tapping into Jesus, uniting ourselves with him, which means we pray from a different position. We don't pray from our power and authority. We don't pray with our, and this is where it goes wrong. People think that, oh, I have authority and power and Jesus gave me all. No, Jesus has authority and power and you unite yourself with him and you use his authority. That's what praying in the name of Jesus is. It's not just a nice ending to a prayer. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. No, it means in his name, in his authority. And as we pray on site with insight in our neighborhoods and as we engage in prayer for other people, we're praying what Jesus wants for them and we're praying from a perspective of heaven instead of our little earthly perspective. We're not skulking up to the throne room hoping he'll do something. 
No, we are confident. We begin to be full of courage. We begin to read the scriptures and he begins to show us what it looks like. He says here in verse eight, he says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and it's not from yourselves. It's God's gift to you, not by works so that no one could boast for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He created great things for us to do and you begin to function in those great deeds because your life of prayer and conversation with him is powerful and the the Holy Spirit is activating you and he's leading you and guiding you. This is what we want. And I fear that our heads are too much in our jobs or too much in our schools or too much, we're, we're too, like lost and we don't, so we don't have confidence. We don't have courage to pray crazy prayers. I know that's true of me. Could you go with me? Would you be willing to go for 21 days? Think about it. You get 21 days of prayer with that little text coming to you at 6 a.m. And, and when that thing shows up, you could begin this prayer life. You could, you could begin to live in the way that Jesus wants you to live. Oh, Pastor Ross, I, I'm so... I'm so troubled. My life's such a mess. I don't know what to do. Oh, really? Prayer's the first thing. (laughs) Surrendering to Jesus, acknowledging that he has the answer and you don't. That's the first move. All you gotta do is move. Take the move. Say, God, I need you. I surrender to you. Now help me. And don't put any designs on it because it's his will that we're talking about, not yours. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. I wonder if you'd let the Holy Spirit speak to you about who you are and what God wants for you. I wonder if you might consider taking the leap of faith that it requires to engage in prayer at a different level than you ever have before. Maybe, in, maybe taking this map home and, and being willing to serve someone you don't even know by praying for them. Maybe it's engaging in these 21 days. Maybe it's this moment here where the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's saying, my son, my daughter, I want you to come on home. I'll show you how. Maybe it's this thing where you're realizing that, okay, God has a plan, a purpose for our church and for me. And it's, to function and walk in a greater authority and greater confidence than I have been because I haven't been walking in confidence. I've just been fearful. I've just been trying to make it. I've just, I throw up prayers trying to, trying to get God to do something. Make a commitment right here to Jesus and I'm gonna lead you through it and pray. Father, help us. Help us to be the people that you want us to be. Give us strength and courage and grace that only comes through us surrendering our lives to you. We, we want to have access to everything that Christ has. Everything that you've done in Christ, you now have given to us because we're being united with him. We have all his authority. We have all his power. And help us to believe that. Help us to understand it. Help us to, help us to have wisdom and revelation so we see things we have never seen before. I thank you for this. We thank you for this and we give you our lives. Forgive us for doing our own thing. Forgive us for just 
tuning you out. Forgive us for being too distracted. Forgive us for being too busy. Help us to live a life of prayer so that you can flow through us by your spirit and begin to change the atmosphere in our home, in our family, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our city. Lord, give us grace to do this, we pray. We give our lives to you. We surrender to you in Jesus' name.